HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by 100 Bogart Street. Do you need a conference room for your next meeting? Learn more by visiting 100bogart.com. Have you ever wanted to open a restaurant? Launch your own food brand? Or dive into the ever-changing world of food media? Well, buckle up. Join us for Aspiration to Action, a special live podcast on Monday, June 3rd at Haven's Kitchen in Manhattan. Zara Tangora and Bretton Scott, hosts of Life's a Banquet, will lead us through tales of the good, the bad, and the transformative. Featuring Food World innovators and HRN hosts Dana Cowan, host of Speaking Broadly, Eli Sussman, host of The Line, along with his brother Max, and Allison Kane, host of In the Sauce, in conversation with Jenny Britton-Bauer. Light refreshments will be provided by Paris Gourmet, Wolfer Estate Vineyard, and To Honey. Get your tickets before they sell out by going to heritageradionetwork.org action. I'm Luke Griffin, and you're listening to Bushwick Podcast, local stories like you've never heard before. Each week, we take you behind the scenes of the artists, activists, and entrepreneurs whose journeys collide in Bushwick, a special Brooklyn neighborhood that's changing faster by the day. As Bushwick changes and grows, one of the most visible issues facing the community is, for many people in the neighborhood, one of the most frustrating, garbage. But sometimes, the biggest problems can create the biggest opportunities. And this week, we're sitting down with a team of Bushwick activists who see cleaning up the neighborhood as a chance to help build a closer, stronger community. Part of the reason why I wanted to volunteer, it's like, you know, I'm cleaning up, but I'm also meeting new people. And I think that people just want to meet new people, especially if they're new to the neighborhood or especially if they want something to do. They want to connect with people that are doing something different, maybe something that doesn't involve, like, just going out to a bar, like socializing in a different way. It's Thursday, May 30th, and this episode is called Garbage Situation. As May draws to a close, the weather is turning warmer, the sun is shining longer, the summer is almost here. And across Brooklyn, the streets are once again filling with people buzzing about, drinking up the beautiful city life that's been on hold throughout this cool, wet spring. But in communities like Bushwick, the streets are also filling with something else. Garbage. Walk down any given block in the neighborhood, and you can't miss it. Garbage overflowing from trash cans, scattered across sidewalks, and even tangled in the trees. 
Trash, it seems, is an unavoidable and all-too-expected part of the scene here in the neighborhood. But these days, you're increasingly likely to see something much more unexpected as you walk through the community. A crew of people in bright yellow shirts picking up that trash and cleaning the streets everywhere from public parks to residential sidewalks. They're part of a group called the Clean Bushwick Initiative, a project with ambitious goals to fundamentally reimagine Bushwick's garbage situation. To unpack the factors behind street waste in the neighborhood and learn about the project's mission to transform how Bushwick stays clean and livable, we sat down with the initiative's leaders. Um, So my name is Nicole DeSantis, and I guess we refer to me as the director. Sounds so official. My name is Kristen Tadros, and I am the co-director of the group. My name is Deborah Rivas, and I'm also the co-director of the group. Nicole, Kristen, and Deborah make an interesting group. Nicole is a lifelong volunteer who's been interested in preserving the environment for years. Kristen is a former English teacher with a passion for getting youth more involved in their community's future. And Deborah is a former property manager who likes to hold people with power accountable to people without it. But for as different as their backgrounds and interests may be, Nicole, Kristen, and Deborah are united by their shared exasperation with Bushwick's troubling garbage situation, which is how they found themselves drawn together by the organization that the Clean Bushwick Initiative has evolved from, an older program called Keep Bushwick Beautiful. A Bushwick resident named Sarah Back formed Keep Bushwick Beautiful in 2016 with an initial focus on helping to pick up trash throughout the neighborhood. Nicole was the first of today's leadership to learn about the group when she received an invitation to join a Keep Bushwick Beautiful cleanup. And it caught my attention because I've lived in Bushwick for almost 11 years and I complain all the time about the garbage problem here. And just by nature, I like to volunteer. I've always been kind of an activist. Had a group in high school where we did a lot of activism kind of things. So it's kind of my nature to get involved. So when I saw that, I was like, I have to go to this. I would be such a hypocrite if I don't. Nicole went and found herself as the only volunteer that day, working alongside Sarah. But after picking up trash for over an hour and a half, the two struck up a friendship, and Nicole was inspired to see how she could recruit new partners in the neighborhood. So I went to a local bar, Pearls, um, and the owner, Betsy, is a really big community person. She does a lot for the neighborhood, and she was happy to host an after-event you know, to, you know, offering people free drinks and pizza and things like that to try to get more participation. And that really worked. And then it just went from there. We kept doing things like that, getting other businesses to host. And it grew. We got a website. Somebody offered to build for us. So it, it really became this kind of grassroots thing where the neighborhood came around and participated. Eventually, the group's founder moved to California for graduate school. And last year, asked Nicole if she would take charge. Nicole was flattered but had responsibilities that would make running the program difficult. I have so much going on and a lot of jobs and other charities and children. And I just thought, I don't know if I could do that. You know, it's a lot to do by myself. But I also thought, there's no way I can't. Fortunately, she was soon joined by two kindred spirits looking to help out in the neighborhood. And just as luck would have it, right at that same time, both Deb and Kristen contacted me separately as citizens who really wanted to do something about the garbage. And they had heard about uh, Keep Bushwick Beautiful. Like Nicole, Kristen was fed up with trash dominating Bushwick streets. I was just kind of fed up with the garbage situation. It's, you know, I, I love this neighborhood. And part of the reason why I just love it is there's so much diversity in culture and art um, and food, music, you name it. But one of the things that I just find such um, 
such a negative is the the garbage situation you know you you walk anywhere and you're just you know you have to dodge either dog shit mm-hmm. <laughs> dog poop and um <laughs> garbage and it's just it's Disgusting. not not acceptable deborah meanwhile connected because she was originally interested in filming how communities come together to tackle issues like sanitation i started a film company and basically it's called be heard media the goal was to film how a community can get together and make a difference and so when i was thinking about what topic to film in our community in bushwick it uh, definitely garbage was something that came up because I was just like what Kristen and Nicole said just fed up of like just walking through the street and seeing dog poo and just garbage everywhere. Nicole, Kristen and Deborah quickly hit it off and began planning for how to take the organization in an even more ambitious direction under their leadership. One of their first orders of business was changing the organization's name to something they felt was more fitting for the community and the work ahead. I decided early on that I wanted to change the name because I felt like, as sweet as that name is, I, I wouldn't say I necessarily look at Bushwick as a beautiful neighborhood. I look at it as an artsy neighborhood. It's a neighborhood that reminds me of the East Village where I, near to where I grew up in, in Manhattan. It's got that gritty, edgy, old school kind of feel. Um, and I love that about it, but I don't know if I would use the word beautiful to describe it. And I also felt like Keep Bushwick Beautiful didn't sound very serious, and I think the environmental issues are serious and the litter problem here is serious and what comes along with that is serious. So late last year, the newly rebranded Clean Bushwick Initiative began in earnest with three new leaders and a mandate to confront the complex problems behind Bushwick's sanitation issues. Bushwick's trash problem is multifaceted and extends far beyond simply picking up errant litter. Groups from private citizens to city agencies all play a role in keeping the neighborhood clean, and it's difficult to isolate the specific failures in these complicated dynamics that can result in trash on the streets. But as Nicole and the team see it, one of the clearest issues at play is that Bushwick's infrastructure has been unable to keep up with the neighborhood's breakneck growth over the past few years. When I first moved here, there were a lot less businesses, there were a lot less people, there were a lot less tourists. I think it was less transient because mostly the people who lived here were the people who had lived here for so many years before who still live here. And then all of a sudden this huge influx of young people came in and that's amazing and the art that's come out of that is amazing. All of that is great, but it also, when you have a transient community, people aren't so invested in what's going on here. And the businesses are wonderful and they're incredibly supportive to us. And I think they're they're on board with this group 100%. But when volumes of people come here on the weekends, the garbage pickup, for example, has not kept up with the growing number of residents and, you know, just visitors. For acute problems like this, the Clean Bushwick Initiative deploys acute solutions, like asking volunteers to pick up trash crowding different parts of the neighborhood. And oh, what trash there is to pick up. Cigarette butts are the worst of all of it. Worst offenders. 100% the worst is cigarette butts. Oh, but there's all kinds of exciting garbage out there on the streets of Bushwick. A lot of clothes. Empty glass bottles of, like, liquor. That drives me crazy. Broken glasses. A lot of clothes, yeah. Close to. We found a Coke vial at our last cleanup. <laughs> Jeez. Well, that's not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> it was not empty. Oh, okay. Oh. So somebody okay. dropped it. Somebody was upset that Yo. night. But there is, of course, more to Bushwick's trash problem than overtaxed infrastructure. 
Many of the sanitation-related challenges in the neighborhood seem to stem from the changing nature of the community itself. As new businesses, residents, and visitors flock to Bushwick, not everyone is on the same page about what it means to respect the neighborhood. We have a lot of building owners, and I don't think that they are cleaning the front of their space quick enough, because at the end of the day, you know, they are renting to all these new people that are moving to the neighborhood, which is great, but with that comes a certain level of responsibility, and I don't feel like they're being upheld to that responsibility. Um, so I think that's part of the problem. And the second, it's so many layers of how we can address it, and um, I think that's one layer. I think the second layer is what Nicole said could be the garbage cans. Um, I think another layer is that it is transient. We have people coming on the weekends, and we have people, they party, they hang out, they eat, and they just dump things on the floor. <laughs> Given these dynamics, picking up trash can be a rather Sisyphean undertaking. You know, we're taking the time out. We're, we're putting all this effort into cleaning. And I remember I specifically cleaned my block. And the next day I walked out of my door and I saw garbage. I was so livid. I was like, okay, so we got we to gotta come up with a, a long-term solution. Because yeah. re-cleaning is just putting a bandage on a real problem here. In working toward a more long-term solution, the team is expanding their focus beyond just volunteer cleanups to include projects that they hope will bring about more enduring change. Like in any community, it's often unclear in Bushwick how sanitation is supposed to work. Who's responsible for doing what, in which spaces, and when? One of the key projects that the Clean Bushwick Initiative is pushing forward is a proposal to clear this confusion by creating opportunities for businesses and people in the neighborhood to take ownership over the cleanliness of their blocks. We're going to roll out this uh, Adopt Your Block project, which we think might help a little bit, uh, where we'll be in touch with a specific resident or business and we will adopt their block along with their help, which whether it's the resident or the business owner, who will be responsible to get the word out to the residents and the business owners on that block that on this date, we're all going to come out and we're going to clean the block and beautify the block. We're trying different things. We're going to do some programs in the fall where we'll have people, um, we'll invite businesses and residents to come and talk about reducing waste, how to properly recycle, how to compost, if that's something you're interested in, just all the areas around garbage in general and what we can do. So we're trying to attack it from different I think from a lot of different angles. But for as much as those angles may focus on engaging private businesses and residents, the Clean Bushwick Initiative is also looking to public officials to become more involved. Deborah, in particular, is keenly aware of the role that Bushwick's public sector could be playing in the community's sanitation. She's seen it firsthand while serving as a property manager in Manhattan neighborhoods for over a decade. I worked in, you know, areas like Tribeca, West Village, you know, and I love how you said that. <laughs> <laughs> if everybody could see you doing that little shimmy when you say West Village. In communities like the West Village, Deborah saw how clear expectations, strict enforcement, and adequate resources produced noticeable results. Sanitation is really strict, and they very much so enforce that the property owners clean their space. I basically came from a background where I was used to seeing that being enforced. And with those things being enforced, Obviously, those, city, those cities are a lot cleaner than ours. To bring Bushwick closer to the standards of those cleaner neighborhoods, Deborah and the team have begun taking their concerns to Bushwick's elected officials. 
And while that's open to dialogue, it's highlighted the need for more engagement with the broader Bushwick community. What they basically told me was that there's not enough people who complain. So there's not enough people who call 311. And that's something that we should, that we're going to focus on. We're going to, you know, focus on educating people more on, you know, reaching out to 311 and filing complaints about, you know, their space and why isn't this getting picked up. And there is that second layer of, you know, these commercial spaces that aren't abiding by city rules. So many of the forces that affect sanitation in Bushwick seem to be obfuscated for the average resident, from how to register complaints to the way the neighborhood qualifies what level of trash is acceptable. But for Nicole and the team, that just means that much of the work ahead will involve bringing all of Bushwick's resources together to prioritize the issue. The city has a separate... um metric by which they're judging the street cleanliness versus so it's like sanitation has one it's it's really a little convoluted bushwick gets what was it a 90 it was something ridiculous like that which we're working on contesting that or challenging that because to nicole's point it hasn't i don't feel i shouldn't say this but i don't think it's been on the top priority and so i think what the bushwick initiative is doing is kind of like making it an issue so that it could become a priority because it's important. After the break, we take a look at how the Clean Bushwick Initiative is building a grassroots movement to help change Bushwick's garbage situation for generations to come. This episode was brought to you by 100 Bogart, a new building in Bushwick, Brooklyn, with meeting and event spaces available for on-demand booking. Looking for the next perfect outdoor location for your next gathering? Host your next event at 100 Bogart's impressive rooftop, just steps away from the Morgan L stop. It's one of the largest and tallest roof spaces in Bushwick, boasting 360 degree views of Brooklyn, Manhattan, and Queens. 100 Bogart's rooftop is available for your next networking event, fundraiser, special performance, or photo shoot. There's approximately 5,000 square feet ample space for up to 100 guests. For more information on hosting an event at 100 Bogart's rooftop, email info at 100bogart.com or call 718-362-3539. Mobilizing volunteers to pick up garbage and holding local officials accountable are important steps in alleviating Bushwick's trash problems. But ultimately, any lasting improvements to Bushwick's environment will be rooted in how the community comes together around the issue of sanitation. Nicole and the team are already seeing an encouraging response from one key group, local business owners. I can't tell you the amount of support from the business owners. I mean, and people emailing me and asking to be involved and donating pizza. Um, There's Tony's Pizza on, on Knickerbocker. They've been amazing. And a lot of support. Dweebs donates coffee dollar events. Um... Pearls has been unbelievable. Perhaps even more significantly, the initiative is seeing early success in reframing Bushwick's trash problem as an opportunity for residents to build stronger relationships with their community. Part of the reason why I wanted to volunteer is like, you know, I'm cleaning up, but I'm also meeting new people. And I think that people just want to meet new people, especially if they're new to the neighborhood or especially if they want something to do. They want to connect with people that are doing something different, maybe something that doesn't involve like just going out to a bar, like socializing in a different way. So I think that there is also that appeal. Yeah, I've lived here 10 years and this is the first time I even know people, really. It's the first time I've, I've, it's an amazing community of people, actually. Um, 
but we're like great friends now, the three of us. We've known each other a short time. But prior to that, I didn't really know many people in the neighborhood. So it's definitely a way to meet people and great people, actually. I've met some amazing people doing this. The group is working hard to ensure that as the initiative's movement grows, it's a welcoming one. Already, the types of folks who turn out for cleanups and meetings reflect the neighborhood's diversity. Different races, different age groups. Um, you know, I'd say a majority of them come from the neighborhood. But even our last cleanup in, on Sunday it was like a youth cleanup, so it was all different ages. You had some toddlers. There's some you had some great kids there. <laughs> they're so cute. Some like young kids, middle schoolers, and um, very diverse. You know, we had some parents there that they only spoke Spanish and they came there with a paper, with a sheet of paper for us to sign after to get community service credits. And I thought that was amazing. Um, so it's been really like a very different turnout each time. And I think that's what's amazing that we're not just targeting one specific group. We're trying to get the entire community and make it seem or make it, you know, really send the message that it is everyone's responsibility and not just like one group. And as the team builds capacity, they're working to become even more inclusive. For instance, by translating their materials into Spanish. But for as much traction as they're seeing, one of the group's biggest challenges is consistency. They struggle to get people to return for more than one event. And though the number of volunteers is growing with each cleanup, more often than you might think, those volunteers come from outside the neighborhood. Oh, God, we had so many college kids, high school kids from completely different neighborhoods getting, you know, credits to clean the park. Um, we had a lot of people. It was people who just want to do something good in a community. But I have to say, I don't know how much of, and this is back to when we were doing it, when I was doing it with Sarah too, you just don't see the same people over and over again. I can't say that that big cleanup that we had, which was not our last one last weekend, but the one before that, I'm not sure how many of the people who came were even from the neighborhood. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, which is awesome in one way because you're like, wow, you're great people awesome. that want to come and clean like, any, you know, like I, I'll go to the Rockaway Beach cleanup because I really want to clean the beach because that feels any anything around the environment is, is an issue I want to be involved in learning about and participating in. But I still find it interesting that people will come to a neighborhood they don't live in and clean up while people who live in the neighborhood don't seem to have the same impulse. The Clean Bushwick initiative is, to be sure, picking up momentum. But in order to channel that momentum into real change, the group is taking ambitious steps to reach the hearts and minds of the people they need to bring together to form their environmental movement. One of the biggest challenges facing that movement is simply apathy. Sometimes I walk down the street and there's like the dog poop bag like smushed onto the sidewalk. It's I'm like, ah, horrendous. Like it drives me crazy. I'm like, I think as a culture, we're apathetic though, not just around this yeah. topic, but I think it's kind of, I've, I'm just, as somebody who's always volunteered, I think it's hard. I mean, I don't know a lot of people who spend time volunteering or share, giving their time. Everyone always says they're too busy. But That's true. No, I don't believe that. Most people are too busy to lend an hour a month or an hour every six months to something that isn't about directly about them. And what you get back from it is you can't measure it. At least I can't. So I do think apathy is probably the biggest problem of all, really. Apathy, of course, is a sticky problem to solve. But the initiative has some early plans in the works to begin changing people's behavior around community sanitation. 
For one, they're investing in youth programs that work with local families to help build responsible habits early. We actually just had a cleanup last week or on Sunday where we had a touch truck. So it was like an interactive truck that people could jump into and they could take a look into the garbage collection. They could sit in the driver's seat of the truck. And And the kids loved it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a big (laughs) hit. They like that more than picking up the trash. But they (laughs) just pick up the trash, those kids and their families. And it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that if we could, you know, it it is true that, you know, there is a lot, there is a lot of current, like a lot of the current events today really point to this big environmental problem. I'm not even going to get into it now, but I think we already know there is a lot going on. And I think this is a generation that is, you know, they're, they're still, they're excited. We, I think starting young and getting them at this age will really help them in the future and getting more involved in this stuff later on. It'll be much easier for them. Programs like this are also an opportunity to engage and support families dealing with more urgent issues of their own. Kristen had pointed something out to me, which is true too, like kids learn and then they teach their parents, you know. So that's a great thing because maybe people didn't grow up thinking about this, but then their kids are going to come home and say, you know, we're not recycling right, or, you know, we're using too much plastic, whatever. And to that point, too, like, this is a neighborhood where a lot of the public schools, a lot of the schools, um, a lot of the students and a lot of the kids are first generation, and their parents might not be invested, you know, just by nature. They, you know, they have different priorities on their mind. You know, there's a lot more on their plate than caring for the environment. So at least if we can tap into those households and get the kids involved in some way, at least that's taken care of. Even more broadly, the team is thinking about how they can share a message that transcends individual communities and inspires a personal connection to the issue of the livable environment. One of the most interesting avenues they're exploring is art. We want to create awareness, right? Like, remember when there was like that D.A.R.E. program? You know, it was like they branded themselves and they were like, don't do drugs. And still to this day, 20 years later, you're like, I remember D.A.R.E. You know what I'm saying? Well, there's the, the mirror. I think that crack is whack. The Keith Herring is still uptown yes, on the handball, right? It is sure it is. Still, it yeah, is. And he did that to Nicole. That's a great point. Like, he did that mural to like, you know, to, to help with the crack ep- academic during that time, you know? So he used art to communicate that that's an issue. So we're pretty much doing the same thing. Like our plan is to do the same thing, to communicate the importance of the environment, the importance of keeping Bushwick litter free through art. The group is already in the early stages of a project they hope will launch this fall that uses Bushwick's popular, if controversial, street art industry as a vehicle for spreading a message of environmental responsibility. So basically we are working on a project, it's called Awareness Art. And what it is is that we are enrolling local artists to paint murals. You know how the city's like filled with all these beautiful murals? So the murals that they're going to paint are going to send a message about keeping Bushwick litter free. Because um, we feel that that's what brings the audience to Bushwick, right? All the, of the artwork. And it, we feel that it's very impactful to, to send a big message out there. And we've actually have spoke to the councilman's office and you know, we asked them to assist us with this project, which they said that they would. So we just... We're waiting. We're keeping seeing. our fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> As Deborah, Nicole, and Kristen begin to lead the Clean Bushwick initiative through their ambitious slate of plans, they're already beginning to see signs that their message is spreading. Not just in Bushwick, but in neighboring communities as well. I've been contacted by a couple of 
residents from um, East Williamsburg and, and more recently um, from Ridgewood who are asking how they can start their own initiatives in their neighborhood, which is exactly what I want. I want it to go from neighborhood to neighborhood. So I met this really great girl, Lucy, who lives in East Williamsburg, and she has now started the Cooper Park Initiative. Um, and they're having cleanups. They'll have their their second one coming up also on June 2nd, um, which is when our next one is. There's a lot of um, cleanups. cleanups that day. Um, and so I'm, I'm also going to be meeting with this woman from Ridgewood and try to help her. So um, that's been great to have people reach out and to actually feel like it's making a difference to help them do their own similar project. And that's always the consensus that we have to start within community. And when you do it from here, it expands. And the fact that they're reaching out to Nicole and wanting our support in other areas is huge because that's, for me personally, that was the purpose of getting involved. It was like, okay, if I start from this level, you know, we can influence greater cause. Does that make sense? Yeah, and the good news is people really do want to be involved. And yeah. I think that's good news, you know, and that's all amazing. kinds of people. So, At the end of the day, for all the trash they might pick up and all the systems or attitudes they might change, the Clean Bushwick Initiative is working towards something even more personal. The goal of inspiring people to believe that they too can make a meaningful impact on their environment. I hope that to go back to the previous point, like we can inspire more people to do this and make people realize that they're not too small to do anything. I think people think that they don't have the power to change. They're just not tapped into their environment like that. So we're just trying to let them know that it's it's much easier than they think. If you're interested in learning more about the Clean Bushwick Initiative, you can head to their website, keepbushwickbeautiful.org, or follow them on their Instagram, at clean underscore bushwick underscore initiative. You can find all that info and more in the show notes for this week's episode. We'd like to extend our sincere thanks to Nicole, Kristen, and Deborah, not just for sitting down to chat this week, but for the incredible work they do cleaning up the neighborhood alongside the initiative's volunteers. And as always, we'd also like to thank you for listening this week. If you enjoy Bushwick Podcast, you can do us a huge favor by telling a friend, or even by leaving us a review on iTunes, which helps us reach even more new listeners. We'll be off next week, but we'll be returning the following with another Bushwick story you won't want to miss. In the meantime, if you have questions, comments, or want to get involved, send us an email to hello at hearbushwick.com. Or you can always DM us on our Instagram page at Bushwick Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you, and we'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.